The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. One or two days, he's pretty tough. He plays through pain. Um, you know, it's one of the best assets he has, I think, right? You're listening to Eskimos General Manager Brock Sunderland speaking now about free agency day. Middle linebacker spot, the Well, the biggest thing is I think we did a lot of heavy lifting before today. There's a lot of players on our team that we like, that we think we can win with, with David Beard, Jacob Ruby, Mike Moore, Jordan Hoover, Mark Mackey, so on and so forth, Shaq Cooper. So we did a lot of re-signing people, and I think the biggest one that he wasn't a pending free agent, but we secured our franchise quarterback for two more years. So, you know, we're biased. We think he's the best in the league. So anytime you have the best player, in our opinion, at the most important position locked up for three years, that's vital. So that was huge for us. Um, it gave us, us a lot of stability moving forward. As for the other areas, Jonathan Mincy and Tuggle were probably our, our two bigger names that we signed today. Uh, obviously, Mincy, we're going to anticipate being our boundary corner. Tuggle is going to be our middle linebacker. Uh, a lot of that's going to be dependent upon Javon Santos-Knox, too. That's a, that's a big re-signing that we had that when he's healthy, we feel he's pretty ferocious. And we're not sure where he's going to be exactly coming into camp. The anticipation is that he'll probably start out on the injured list, but we'll see where that goes. So that played a part in all of the above. Can you talk about the challenge of just the, the minimum salaries going up and, and the capital? Huge challenge, and I'm glad that you asked that because for us alone, and I know all teams have this issue. It's certainly not an Eskimos problem, but on the players that we have on roster right now, our projected roster with the minimum going up 11, that's $138,000 right away on the cap. With the cap only going up 50, I believe that's $86,000 in net loss. So that's a big challenge. And I think that had a big part of everybody's participation today. I think that's a big reason why it's maybe a little slower today than it has been. Uh, how about the, uh, the lead up of the, uh, the allowed tampering, if you will, whatever you call it? Yeah, there, I had several conversations with a lot of agents, a couple of players one-on-one. The, the thing I liked about it is it allowed players to speak to coaches so they could call, either the players could call the coaches or vice versa, and they could feel each other out on what the scheme would be. Hey, where am I going to fit exactly? Where do you see me playing? How do you view this? So on and so forth. So I think it was productive that way. As for deals, I think you know there was minimal offers made officially through the league. We didn't make an official offer to the league office, um, and I, my understanding is there wasn't very many. Did it speed today up to have that week? I think so. I, you know, again, I think it helped having conversations. Like, I know Tuggle spoke with Northorpe when we could do that, and he spoke with uh, Scott, so he had a pretty good understanding of where he was going to fit exactly, and it was helpful to have those conversations a week ago as opposed to today. Uh, this looks like a pile of turnover across the league. What are your thoughts on uh, you know, the, the one-year contracts and just how that maybe affects how mm-hmm. You know, I can't speak for the fans. My guess would be that it's a little frustrating that they don't get to have an attachment to a player that's going to be there for seven, eight, or nine years. Uh, For us, it's just the reality. Is it challenging? It is. It's something that we go through every year. But again, all nine teams have to deal with it. So uh, it's an equal playing field and equal challenging for everybody. What are these next couple days going to look like? It's going to slow down a bit. Uh, You know, part of our process today and why we weren't nearly as aggressive as last year is uh, my plan is let the market settle down a little bit. A lot of players, and it's already happened, is people during the window are saying, hey, I want X amount of dollars. And we felt that that was fairly high for their position or who they are. And uh, already we're getting some calls and some players understanding that the market's just not what they thought it would be. So I'm going to let it settle down a little bit, you know, maybe make some more signings from there. But uh, this is one piece of the puzzle of building a team. It's not the, it's the most 
probably exciting for the media and the fans, and I understand that, but it's one piece. So we have the CFL draft, and we're going to sign free agents that don't have CFL experience that we anticipate being good players. We've signed 12 DBs since the season's ended, and just because they haven't been a player in another team doesn't mean that they can't come in here and, and fill a role and be a good, productive player for us. Has the XFL made an impact at all? huge impact is it's difficult there's several players on our negotiations list that are playing in that league and several players that agreed to contracts here we were waiting for the contract to come back and then next thing we know they're announcing the xfl so similar to the aaf it has posed a challenge a uh, common theme though is that it's not mutually exclusive to us all nine teams are facing the same challenges yep that's it all right, that is Eskimos uh, general manager Brock Sunderland. Uh, we will uh, take a break right now. When we come back, we will speak with Brock one-on-one here in the Eskimos dressing room. I'm Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. It's a CFL Free Agency Day on 630 Chet. We are back in the Eskimos dressing room. Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. It is CFL Free Agency Day, and we are uh, joined at our uh, spot here after you spoke with the media. Uh, general manager, vice president of football, uh, Brock Sunderland joins us. Hey, Brock, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for making it down here. All right, we're just trying to get your mic up here. We get that up. Uh, we're good to go. Give me a check again. No, we're not. Uh, nothing coming out here, Sean. Maybe uh, we'll uh, we'll do it this way. Uh, all right. Now we we'll try go. again. Am Thanks, Brock. <laughs> Appreciate right, you doing this. Uh, Dave, you can just write some questions down <laughs> if you want. Uh, first off, just overall impressions of your day, uh, how it went and how happy mm-hmm. you are. Obviously, a huge turnaround from last Oh, there we go. Now I'm back. All right, go ahead. I mean, it, it was different than last year, obviously. I think that was an anomaly, and I don't anticipate that ever happening again in this league. I hope it doesn't. We, when you have four franchise quarterbacks not signed going into free agency day, that creates what happened last year. Uh, happy with the day. You know, we feel we got a lot of good quality substance signings done, maybe not the splash that people eagerly anticipate in free agency, but it was very productive. And uh, we're happy. You know, I always say this after the draft, too. I don't know if you're going to ever ask a general manager on free agency day, how'd you do? And he says, oh, not happy with the guys we got. Yeah. Everybody's tied for first place, right? That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the negotiation week, uh, which was from uh, Super Bowl Sunday to the next Sunday, uh, how did it go? How did you treat it? And did it work as planned? I liked it. I liked it for the reasons that I mentioned during the, the presser is it allowed players to speak with coaches so they could really talk scheme and hey where would I fit with what you do vice versa so I think it was really productive on that front and uh, it was it was beneficial to speak to agents to get a feel for where do you think the market is for your player and you know the type of money we may present for that as for the offers and everything my understanding is there was minimal actually submitted to the league office we didn't submit any Uh, we felt you know we good with what we discussed with the agents and that would come through if it came to that it appears, anyway, that quantity is a little quicker today, more than last year, I think. Uh, there seem to be more guys signing today on day one. That's probably because of the week, you think? Because they got a chance to talk earlier? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think they had a, a good understanding of where they were going to go before today hit, so uh, that would be my guess. Dave, are you back in the game? Hi. Hey, there he is. Welcome. Good to see you, Brock. <laughs> uh, when we talk about – I want to go back to 365 days ago when mm-hmm. you didn't know what the cap was going to be, and it was such an amazing day. But, you know, you, you signed a lot of guys to a lot of money, and then now you know what the cap is going to be. It goes up 50 grand. But then you got minimum salaries going up 11. How much of a course correction – we know it's a course correction, but how severe was it for you, and and what what does it mean? Like, what is all this – 
you know, with, with minimum salary mm-hmm. going up, salary cap going up minimally, like, how does that affect you? It's very challenging. Ours, we just did the breakdown this morning. On our projected roster, as of right now, obviously that can change. With the league minimum going up $11,000, that immediately added $136,000 to our salary cap. Mm-hmm. And when the cap only goes up 50000 if you do the math, I believe that's $86,000, we're immediately net in the hole. So it makes decisions, which we had to do is we can have DeVars Daniels or we can have Greg Ellingson, but we can't have both. So right. we chose Greg. Tough decisions, but ones that you have to make. So that's the implication that that had for us and widespread across the league. I think everybody's going through that. And I think what it's doing is it's the middle players that are in that 95 to 125 range. I think there's a lot of them sitting out there right now because of this, where your top, top tier players, obviously they're going to get signed. They're going to get the market value and your rookie guys or your, 75 to 95,000 type players have that window. The rest of them, I think that's what the lull is right now. And the number that you're talking about, I mean, one of 36, and you had what, what was it, eight over 80? I mean, that's, that's one good American starter, a good Canadian starter, or two or three quality American players. That's, that's tough. It's significant. It really it doesn't sound big in the grand scheme of things, but when you're talking with players and where you can distribute the funds, it, it, it adds up very quickly. Let's talk about a couple of the key signings you made today. Uh, defensive back Jonathan Mincy, a guy who hasn't played a lot of football in the last year or so because he's been on uh, the Bears practice roster, I believe. Played a game last year for Toronto when he returned from the NFL. Tell me about uh, him. We like him. We, we envision him being our boundary corner, tough, physical, he, good cover skills, can do all those things. And the biggest thing is his aggressiveness as a defensive back. And obviously there's a connection to Noel Thorpe, so he knows the system, and that should help with the, the transition. I talked to him today, and he's pretty excited to get back to that cornerback position because I think he was a safety or working out at safety in the NFL, and he seemed, that seemed to be really a target for him to be playing corner again. Yeah, I think I think that's his natural fit. Um, I can see why he played safety in the NFL because he is tough, as I mentioned. When he comes up, he'll smack you. So I think it made sense down there just as much as it makes sense for him to go back to corner up here. Justin Tuggle, linebacker. Big, athletic, ferocious, can put his hand in the ground and come off the ball and be a pass rusher. Did that in Toronto in 17. Uh, 6'3", 247, I believe, off the top of my head. But he has feet hips and everything to, to drop into coverage and do it effectively heavy hands when he strikes at the point of attack blitzes extremely well so you know we're excited we think that he's going to be a very good middle linebacker for us and you already know he can fill larry dean's shoes right because he did it last year in Hamilton. <laughs> yeah kind of ironic how that how that worked out uh he's got he's got it in the bloodlines too uh, I know uh, you're a guy who's got scouting in the mm-hmm. bloodlines and player personality. His dad was one of the most ferocious tackers in NFL history. Jesse Togo. When I called Justin today, I, it was hard for me not to call him Jesse. I didn't yeah. catch myself, so I'm <laughs> sure he gets that all the time. But, yeah, he's he's got the pedigree. He's extremely athletic, and, again, he's very versatile. And I think one thing that is appealing to us is that when he lines up, you can put him all sorts of different areas, similar to Mike Moore. You can line them up in different spots, and that can really mess with an offense. Now, speaking of bloodlines, I know you don't make signings for the good stories, but you made another signing that has bloodlines connected to it, not just with football, but with the Edmonton Eskimos. He signed Tracy Ham's son, Caleb Ham, to a contract, a defensive back. He uh, played sometime in Toronto last year. Tell me about him and, and what his upside possibly is. Yeah, big corner that's athletic that I think can play both corner spots and both uh, halfback spots could probably play safety if we ever changed the ratio there and needed it liked him coming out last year spoke with tracy tracy and i go back to when i was in montreal he'd come out and visit jim pop all the time so tracy and i have known each other for quite a while and he called me last year about caleb we're close to signing him last year and he ended up going to toronto obviously played some games you know scouts and myself took a look at him we liked him so he's going to have an opportunity to come in here and compete 
seemed like linebacker flexibility was a priority for you as well. And you mentioned that Javon Santos Knox may not start the season, which is too bad because, mm-hmm. man, when we saw him last year, when he finally played the last, well, I say five games, including playoffs, we, we saw the glimpses of how good he, this player is. Um, but signing Corey Jones back, obviously Tuggle is, is here as the middle linebacker. You know what Vontae Diggs can do. you got some others like Jonathan Walton. How much is that linebacker flexibility important to uh, what you did today? I, we have a lot of depth there, and I think that's a good thing. And, and to what you hit on is Vontae Diggs and Brian Walker were two-thirds of a defense that led the league for about six weeks of the year last year. So yeah. we already had guys that we know can do it. Javon, as you would mentioned, when he's healthy – I said this last year, if Javon didn't have the injury, he wouldn't be in this league. He's an NFL player. He's a difference maker. Even when he's practicing, he jumps out. And we expect Tuggle to do that. We're anxious for Javon to get back. He's a hard worker. I hope he is back and ready. We had to do our due diligence and protect ourselves if he isn't. And Corey Jones, we all know what he can do. As I mentioned earlier is you don't have to build a roster simply just from players that have already played in the CFL. We have a lot of young guys that we like a lot of linebacker coming in, some rookies that are true rookies that we have high hopes for as well. So we have a lot of depth there in our opinion right now. When we switch to the offense, when you look at your receiving core, and there's one comment that Scott Milanovic, he's mentioned it about two or three times, is that we got to find a way to stretch the field, and it's too hard in this league to go you know, 10, play, 10, 12 play drives to score here. we got to try and flip the field with some explosive plays. Um, are you in the market for anyone? Are you happy with what you have with your internal options? Where, where do you see the receiving core right now? We feel good at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the guy that jumps out to me right away, Tavon Smith, ran four three eight coming out. He can fly, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a guy that can take the top off. Greg gets open deep a lot. We saw what Ricky Collins can do. Kevin Elliott, you guys were at practice all the time last year. I think you noticed number 18 out there all the time. So yeah. with how loaded we were at wide receiver, he couldn't get on the field all the time, but when he did, he was productive. So we have high hopes for Kevin. Josh Stangby, again, you guys were at practice. saw what he did when he was healthy. Uh, we have some other veterans out there that have played. Um, Kenny Shaw had 1,000 yards. He's coming back. And then, again, as I mentioned about linebacker and DB, we have some young rookies coming in that are 4-3 type guys that we think can take the top off, stretch the field, and be big-time playmakers. So they got to prove they can do it to what we see. But... We expect big, big things from them. One of your first draft picks as Eskimo GM was uh, J.S. Waugh. Uh, you liked him then, and you still like him, obviously, because you went out and got him again today after losing him last year to BC. Yeah, you know, I had conversations with uh, J.S.'s agent last week during the, the legal tampering window, and, you know, he had expressed an interest to come back, and, and obviously want, we wanted him to come back, so it worked out well. Uh, one other thing, I know you don't want to negotiate in the media, and uh, I don't blame you for that, but i got to ask you about Calvin McCarty. Uh, 13 years with the mm-hmm. Eskimos, uh, first time he's ever gone to free agency. Can you give us any idea of where you're at with Calvin? We've offered Calvin multiple deals. I'll, I'll leave it at that. As you mentioned, I'm not going to get into contract discussions, never have, never will. And we want Calvin here. We like Calvin. We want him to be a part of this. The door is open. It has been from day one. Part of getting to an agreement is both sides have to be happy with that amount. And uh, right now we're just not at that point. So hopefully that changes. Door's not closed, though. Not on our end, no. Yeah. All right, what's, uh, what's next? There, there's still some guys out there, some big names. I know you might have spent all your money. I'm not sure. But uh, <laughs> there's still some, some pretty big names out there. Uh, there's always guys who get signed day two, day three, or a week later or a month mm-hmm. later who, who are impact players. Yeah, we're going to, like I said, we're going to let the market settle a little bit, give it some time. And then there might be some players out there that are current free agents that we have a high interest in that will sign. Uh, other than that, we're going to start getting ready for the CFL draft, the new global draft. We're going to have some U.S. camp free agent camp workouts down in the U.S. We're going to start organizing those and uh, start beating the bushes down in the U.S. again for more of these these young 
true rookie free agents that we want to sign. All right, Brock, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Uh, congrats on your date today. Hope everything works out for you. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Brock. Yep, Good to see you. That is uh, yep. Eskimos general manager and uh, vice president of football operations, uh, Brock Sunderland, joining us uh, here today. The Eskimos, uh, a good day, a busy day. Uh, it's it's funny, Dave, when you, when you look back to last year, which was – I don't know if historic is the right word. It was a monumental day in free agency for sure because of the quarterbacks. But uh, the Eskimos on that day signed uh, Don Unamba and uh, Devaris Daniels, and they're both gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Dean was signed that day. He's not Life coming back. He doesn't have yeah. a new home yet, but he's not coming back. And is that it? Uh, I, th- I think that's I think pretty that's much it. it. There was yeah. a couple other free, like Josh Johnson, guy who started a lot of games for the Eskimos this year in different positions and was a good soldier. They couldn't come to terms with him either. So, uh one-year contracts are the world we live in now, and that's uh, GMs are going to have to turn their teams over every year, every second year now. Yeah, it's the reality, and I, I think the, the 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 big name players obviously still matter, um, but I think we're in the diamond and the rough era right now too. And I don't know how long we're in that era, but I think you know Brock Sunderland said it several times. We have a lot of talented rookies that are coming in. And even some veterans that you know have some mileage, like a Josh Johnson, is a great example, who was signed late in the off season. That's the kind of player that teams have to look for as well. And you got to kind of look uh, at the far reaches of football and, and who's who's played. It's not always the big big name player because there's only so much money to go around. So you look at Terrell Walker. It's interesting because you know he's probably the biggest fish left in in the market and is not going to sign maybe until tomorrow. Maybe. And he's not going to get the money he it, wanted no, either. No, no, he's not. Or the money he probably could have got yeah. earlier today. So, yeah. you know, DeVaris Daniels, good on you for getting $200,000 yeah. a year from the Toronto Argos. Good, good on you because, uh, you know, that could have been Darrell Walker money, and it's gone now, right. perhaps. Uh, quickly, the the big signings for the Eskimos before we uh, send it back to the studio. Uh, Jonathan Mincy, defensive back, and Justin Tuggle, the linebacker, re-signed. Uh, quarterback Logan Kilgore, defensive tackle uh, Mark Mackey. They also signed uh, defensive back, and this is in no particular order, just the way I've kind of written it down during the day. Defensive back Trumaine Washington, uh, running back Brandon Burks, who uh, played a couple of years for the Argos, uh, kick returner Shakir Ryan, uh, another defensive back Anthony Covington. He's a Canadian. Uh, Corey Jones returns to the Eskimos, his third go-round with the team at linebacker. Offensive lineman Tommy Dreheim and offensive lineman J.S. Waugh along with defensive back Caleb Ham, the son of Tracy Ham, and a receiver Alex Charette also signed uh, with the Eskimos today as well, another Canadian. So that's pretty much the day. Uh, you heard Brock Sunderland say good day for the Eskimos. He's pretty happy with it. Uh, now we just got to let it unfold. Yeah, and we'll see. And, and free agency isn't over today. Free agency lasts until... Basically, the season starts, so there's still a lot of uh, leg room to do, and they're going to get quiet a little bit, but uh, I would suspect this is a team that's going to still be a bit active when they when they can, and if, the, if it can be, and uh, um, we're going to see who else they sign. There's still some good names out there. If they go after them, great. If not, uh, we'll see, but uh, a lot of offseason left. We've got three months. Indeed. All right. He's Dave Campbell. I'm Morley Scott. That's it for CFL uh, Free Agency Day from the Eskimos dressing room. Thanks for joining us here on 630 Chet.